Our eyes met across the crowded hat store. I a customer and she a coquettish haberdasher. I pursued and she withdrew and she pursued and I withdrew and, and so we danced and I burned for her much like the burning during urination that I would experience soon afterwards but I don't want to be a secondary character Hello. Hello. Welcome to another week of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. This is a podcast about Seinfeld, the greatest sitcom of all time. And we're a couple of Aussies who, instead of talking about episodes in chronological order like many other Seinfeld podcasts, we get an episode at random and discuss the secondary characters featured in it. My name's Ivan. And I'm Stephen. And this week we are going to season nine, episode 16, The Burning. I actually really enjoyed this episode. It was so silly, but it was so fun. Yeah, definitely a typical season nine episode. Very wacky, very weird. I didn't like this as much as I thought I would, oh, okay. but I didn't yeah. not enjoy it. Oh, right. No, I, I, I absolutely, I had a ball. I, I, there were so many, you know, laughs and Kruger, he's on fire again in this episode. He just doesn't give a shit. And yeah. Uh, yeah would uh, you me- say that Kruger's burning? <laughs> That's it. I'm done. I'm Thank you. Yeah. The first good joke I make, <laughs> I'm just leaving. Ivan's actually left the room. So it's just me talking at you for 45 minutes. So uh, if you choose to skip this episode, I uh, I understand. <laughs> Thank you. That's all. Yeah. I literally just got off, off my seat and walked away. <laughs> yeah. We can't afford the production of pretend chair sound effects. We've no. actually got to do it. No, I can't get the stock footage of, you know, <laughs> that doesn't work. But anyway, yes, we are talking about that episode and some secondary characters. Today, Steve and I have notes on Sophie, Jerry's episode girlfriend, uh, as well as Father Curtis, the priest with a really good sense of humour. And uh, the actor named Artie, he's one of the people who was at the med school. I've also got notes on those secondaries as well. I have a couple of notes on David Putty and Mickey Abbott in the context of this episode, uh, as well as a few on Kruger. If you want to listen to our full episodes on Mickey and David Putty, uh, when we used to do What's the Deal with Insert Character Hero episodes. <laughs> That's right. Way, way back, back when. Yep, way yep. back when. Uh, just scroll back in our feed and you'll find them. And we focused on Kruger, especially in the Slicer episode, because we felt that was his most prominent one. And uh, that was his first one that he appeared in. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. There you go. Anyway, if you want to do follow us on social media, we are at B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, and now we're on Discord. So a couple of you have already joined our chat. So if you want to join our server and you want to chat about anything in general or about Seinfeld or whatever you want, go on Discord. Find Bidwabask on that. Yeah, I also created a TikTok. <laughs> you have, yes. So we're actually down with the youth now. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we can get anyone under 15 now. So yeah. yeah. For the last year or so on social media and just the internet in general, everyone's been talking about Discord and TikTok. And <laughs> I had a vague understanding of what they are, but now I'm uh, fully fully immersed. Nice. Yeah, we got some things planned for TikTok. We won't mention anything at the moment, but uh, we got some exciting things coming up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, indeed. We also uh, have Patreon as well, patreon.com forward slash Bitwabask. We do have bonus content. We've just finished Curbcast Season 2, and we are going to be doing Season 3. Three a bit later on, but we, as of uh, this episode coming out, a season 11 episode one is released to our Patreon subscribers. So season 11 is an original series where we get, uh, well, actually we come up with episodes of Seinfeld set 20 years after the events of the finale. Yeah, in this case, it'll be 21 years. So we yeah. did season 10 uh, early last year, early yeah, 2019. That's right. Uh, we did 10 episodes set in that time. And uh, this is like a year and a half in advance. So it's sort of an extension of those storylines as well. So if you want to check that out, head to our Patreon. Absolutely. And big thanks to our patrons as of recording, Tim, Holly, Nakia, Jeff, 
Kelly, Neil, and Dan. We have an email address as well, so if you want to uh, get in touch, bidwabasspodcast at gmail.com. And finally, you can support us by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you choose. And we actually have a new uh, Apple Podcast review, don't we? Yeah, that's right. We're from the US, uh, from Walks Fast Blonde Woman. That's the uh, Apple ID that we got. She says, I assume she, she says the podcast is the most fun. Uh, She says, I can't believe how I found this hysterical podcast. These guys are great and take apart each secondary character in an episode. How funny. Thanks, guys, for this wonderful helping of Seinfeld fun. And she left a love heart right at the end. So thank you very much, Walks Fast Blonde Woman from the US. Yeah, that's uh, a very sweet review. And if you want to identify yourself and you want us to uh, give you credit under your real name, just uh, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Indeed. Anyway, buddy, Seinfeld-isms for this week. I actually have a really good one. It actually relates to one of our Patreon subs. His name is Dan. This is Dan. <laughs> <laughs> he hit us up on Instagram uh, through our DMs, and he said that he has been um, enjoying our show because he's he's about, I think, three quarters of the way through our back catalogue at the moment. He's pushing through them. And he's actually a media studies teacher at a high school in Melbourne, I think in the northern suburbs somewhere, he said. And um, he uh, did a class where he had to tell his students to, well, the students are asked to come up with podcast ideas. And he actually cited us as an example of uh, talk or having alternative ideas to talk about a subject. Oh, wow. Especially uh, season 10 as well, because he said he loved season 10 that we mentioned before. And he referenced Bidwabask and season 10 as different ways of looking at a particular subject. Yeah, no, it was a really cool message. And just yeah. the fact that it happened is really sweet. That's awesome. And the fact that we're actually cited in like secondary school curricula. Bidwabask <laughs> is now academic. <laughs> I know. We've gone academic. That's it. <laughs> it's awesome. We're going to be like cited in like university lectures and all that stuff. It's yeah. Crazy. You, you always see lists of like the most cited academics of the 21st century or whatever. Yeah. In, you know, three to five years once we finish this and it's archived in the podcast Ether Forever will uh, we'll appear in those lists. It'll be like Noam Chomsky, <laughs> Bidwabask. <laughs> nice. That's incredible. I know. So thanks very much, Dan. That was a really nice message. And, and thank you once again for your support on Patreon as well. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, yeah, you get through our episodes and uh, you listen to this one when you do. Indeed. Do you have any Seinfeldism for this week? Yeah, I've got two. First one is just a pretty standard Seinfeldism uh, at this stage. Uh, I watched a Family Guy episode through the week and they happened to mention Seinfeld. Mm, nice. The second one, a couple of days ago, a friend came over and uh, she was showing me some art that she'd just bought and she was waiting for it to be delivered so she could frame it. And one of them was an illustration of a, a scene just outside of Monks. But it was illustrated in this kind of neo-noir style. Ah, oh, nice. In, uh, you know, like grim, uh, not grim, but uh, what's the word? Like shadowy kind of New York light. Yeah, You can yeah. see the silhouettes of the core four eating in the diner. Ah, oh, fantastic. Yeah, pretty cool artwork. I, I didn't catch the name of the artist, so I can't give you a shout out. But uh, yeah, really, really cool. Oh, wow, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that'd be really cool to put up on the wall. Yeah, if yeah. Uh, if I remember, I'll get a picture and uh, we can post it on our socials. Yeah, when Vandalay Studios is open up again for business, so to speak, because there's currently some things in there, uh, yeah, I might try and source that art and uh, put it up on the wall. Yeah, I-, I think she bought the actual original art. It was like oh, 500 or $1,000. He right, might do right. prints of his oh, art. Maybe, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure. I can find it. Yeah, or I'll just take a photo and blow it up and print it out. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> and the artist gets nothing. No. Fantastic. <laughs> he gets a mention on our podcast. Oh, that's true. That's something. Yeah, I mean, we're not already, really. I mean, we're already in like high school education, so that's a start. That's true. So we do have some credibility. Uh, any artist I know would not be happy to be paid in podcast shout-outs. Fair enough. <laughs> they fair want enough. money. Yeah, of course. They have to eat. You can't eat a podcast shout-out. No. I suppose. Or you I mean, can't you could pay eat, for you money could eat with your iPhone or you know, whatever you're listening oh, to podcasts with, but uh, what are you going to do for your next meal? <laughs> exactly. Anyway, Seinfeld News, buddy. How many articles this week? Uh, just one bit of a slow news week. Oh, a, yeah, okay. a man by the name of Paul Aris, or Aris, he is a New York man. He's got a PhD in history, uh, and his studies focus on TV and pop culture, especially the 
series. He's written a new Seinfeld book called Seinfeld, A Cultural History. Oh. Uh, it explores the show's history uh, with a look at the show's legendary co-creators, Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld, its supporters and skeptics, especially during the 90s, uh, and uh, NBC as well, so the insiders who were sort of against the idea of the show, and obviously as well as the cast and the uh, secondary cast that we focus on. A couple of quotes from an interview he did. Uh, he said, in doing research for the new book, one thing that surprised him were the relationships between the main cast members. You would assume that because there were there was so much chemistry on set and on screen that they would be really close friends off screen. But he said, you know, in his research, he kind of found out that they were friendly, but they were more acquaintances. They were basically on set friends, professional friends. Mm. Um, and outside of work, because they had very different lives, you know, Jerry was single, uh, well, single for some parts of the 90s. Uh, JLD had a couple of young kids. Michael Richards was single. Some had family, some didn't. You know, their, their lifestyles and their dynamics didn't kind of match up. So they found it hard to sort of nurture their relationships uh, offset. Sure. The book is available on Amazon. I don't think it's being professionally published at this stage. Um, I think it is a self-published book. But uh, if you just go to Amazon and type in Seinfeld, A Cultural History, or the author's name again, his name is Paul Aris, uh, you'll find it. And you can download it. I think it's about $20 US uh, when I checked. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Check that out. Indeed. Uh, And yeah, that's all the news for the week. Bit of a slow one. Yeah, fair enough. Well, let's take a really quick break and we're going to come back and talk about the secondary characters from today's episode, season nine, episode 16, The Burning. Hello, folks. Matt McCoy here, a.k.a. Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld. And I'm telling you right now, I do not want to be a secondary character. The Burning first aired in the US on March 19th, 1998, directed by Andy Ackerman and written by Jennifer Crittenden. This episode was dedicated to Lloyd Bridges. He played Izzy Mandelbaum in two episodes of the show. Uh, He passed away nine days before the episode air date. In this episode, Jerry is stunned to learn that his new girlfriend, Sophie, played by Cindy Ambule, has a mysterious tractor story that she's not telling him. Kramer and Mickey act out symptoms for medical school students, but Kramer gets repeatedly typecast as having gone George perfects the showmanship art of going out on a high note during meetings at Kruger. Meanwhile, Elaine is stunned to learn that Putty is religious and he informs her that she's going to hell. Stephen, I can't believe this episode has so many famous Seinfeld moments. It's got Elaine with the devil horns, you know, making the face. It's got Putty saying, you stole my Jesus fish. It's got Kramer walking in saying, well, no, you're gonorrhea. You know, it's got all these like moments in in the show. Yeah, no, it is packed full of classic quotes and classic scenes for sure. Yeah, unbelievable. Considering it was so late into the series cycle, you know? You think that, you know, a lot of those would have been in maybe in an earlier episode of Seinfeld, but no, they all popped up then, which is quite incredible. Yeah, some episodes are just packed with quotes. Yeah. And this one especially was too. Um, other secondary characters are Henry Warrenitz. He plays Father Curtis. Brian Posehn. He plays fellow actor Artie at the med school. And Ursuline Bryant plays Dr. Wexler. That's the same name as uh, Susan's doctor in The Invitations. And uh, she's the one who wishes out the diseases to the actors. And yeah. her name's Dr. Wexler. Oh. He's the same doctor name. There you go. I guess it is a common last name. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> in the US at least. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, trivia for the episode. Obviously, for those who may not know, uh, this episode was named after the 19. 19- 81 slasher film The Burning and that was actually Jason Alexander's film debut yeah I think it's just a coincidence I don't think it's an intentional oh, nod okay I thought it was intentional but okay fair enough yeah it's just it's just such a coincidence that it happened to be Jason's film debut well <laughs> maybe they were throwing around name ideas and obviously The Burning in this context refers to the uh, symptom of gonorrhea mm, yeah. but maybe you know Jason thought well I don't know like maybe maybe he brought it up I don't, mm, I don't know maybe, but maybe. I, uh, it seems like a coincidence to me fair enough and it's very similar to like Friday the 13th. It's, it's kind of like Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, it's like together. a shock horror 80s film. Yeah, yeah. It's basically about some camp. I think like a camp. I think it's a school counselor, camp. School camp, yeah. And like some janitor or something gets burnt 
or something happens to him and he comes back to seek revenge on the camp counselors. Right. And Jason plays one of the camp counselors. Okay. So, yeah, that yeah. sounds like a classic 80s uh, horror film. You know, someone something happens to someone that's tragic. Yeah. And for some reason, he blames everyone else. Yeah, that's it. Whether they're responsible or not, and he just goes around killing random killing, people. Yeah, exactly. And that was yeah, that was a, a trend in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's a film which apparently I read that was critically panned when it first came out, but now it's considered a cult film and it's been reassessed from horror fans and all that and they actually think it's a really good slasher film yeah that's i think the that, general consensus i think that's a pretty common thing too of, mm. you know when films first came out uh, especially 80s horror films they were just like well this is garbage yeah yeah uh, but looking back you're like well it's garbage but it's good garbage mm. so many films there are a lot of films that are just straight up garbage no oh, matter absolutely. no matter when you look at them you're just like no nah, still garbage and you still watch them 20 years later and they're still shit yeah yeah exactly yeah Very i mean similar, i've re- yeah. i've rewatched films from my childhood thinking uh you know expecting them them to be as crap as i remember them but uh yeah you get a new appreciation as as you change or as your taste change yeah you can uh watch it through a new frame absolutely and the only other trivia fact that i have steve is that putty is revealed to be religious in the episode a christian but in the face painter from season six he didn't just threaten a priest but he also painted his face with the devil on it bit of a contradiction there yeah absolutely and we did do an episode of the face painter previously so go back and listen to that one if you haven't already uh what other trivia do you have buddy so uh when george and jerry are sitting around trying to figure out the tractor story uh george asked jerry if his girlfriend holds a pen for no good reason uh this is actually a reference to former u.s senator bob dole who holds a pen in his right hand to deter people from shaking it now you might think that that sounds a bit odd um you know maybe he doesn't like uh physical touch or something like that mm. uh maybe he's uh, like putty maybe he's a germaphobe yeah not the case mm. his arm was actually paralyzed due to injuries sustained in world war ii oh okay yeah so he I'm, I'm guessing he has you know some troubles sort of you know with like muscle tension for like yeah, a handshake yeah, or something like that possibly, or yeah. you know maybe a bit insecure i'm not sure fair enough so that's a, a pretty obscure reference yeah very yeah okay there you go yeah. yeah it's something that obviously anyone in the u.s who lived through the 70s and 80s would have figured out but uh no not two aussies that were born in the late 80s no late 80s no 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 all right Stephen, let's get this burning feeling out of our bodies and let's talk about some secondary characters to soothe it let's talk about sophie shall we yeah sounds good she's played by cindy ambule she's appeared in the tv shows the naked truth and jag and I didn't really have much to talk about with her in the early stages because she just seemed like a typical throwaway, you know, character. You know, someone in Jerry's universe who is only in one episode and that's it. Like, even when Elaine asks uh, Jerry at the start of the episode, how long have you seen her? And then he goes, oh, since the last one. You know, it's a reference to Jerry getting a girlfriend every week, especially in the later seasons where he had more girlfriends more often. And with Sophie, uh, like, she just seemed like a normal person. I mean, I didn't really get much out of her, but I got a lot out of her when she mentions the tractor story right at the end, when Kramer and Mickey walk in and say, you know, they hypothetically gave each other gonorrhea as in the med school uh, theories. Um, She says, oh, my ex-boyfriend said that I caught it off a tractor while wearing a bathing suit. She's quite naive. Yeah, I assume that maybe she grew up on a farm. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I think so too. You would have too. to, to yeah. be exposed to tractors. And there is a stereotype that people from, uh, you know, the country or people who grew up on farms are a bit more naive, a bit more uh, a bit more dumb, That's shall we right. say. Yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, you know, the boyfriend sounds like an asshole if he's lying about an STI and trying to gaslight her. And, oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking, gaslighting. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I know, what an asshole. Yeah, but yeah. she seems pretty competent at chess. So she's obviously, maybe she's smart but naive. I, you know, I've met people who are intelligent, like intellectual things like like chess but are a bit naive to, oh, yeah. to you know people's intentions so yeah i've met people with like phds yeah they have no street smarts yeah, yeah. <laughs> you I, know what I, I mean i think it's more a case of that because she doesn't come across as dumb yeah no just, no, no just a bit just a bit naive yeah she's not streetwise no yeah yeah she just kind of she's academically smart but yeah socially 
inept. Yeah, something <laughs> of, like of that. Sorts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's, uh, I mean, Jerry and her, obviously how they met, it's probably like a situation where, you know, he probably was doing a gig or maybe she likes comedy and, you know, they met or something somehow or she he ran into her somewhere in the public. Yeah, you know, it's usually the same story. Yeah, Jerry's pretty good at just uh, flirting with women on the street that he knows. Um, you know, he's good at finding an opening to try and flirt with them or mm. try and make them laugh. So it could have been something like that as well. And there's also, you can feel like a change in the writing in season nine because usually, in the especially in the Larry David era, I'd say seasons one to seven when he was around, Jerry asks George and Elaine in the first scene, would you like to meet Sophie as she walks in? And they go, nah. Whereas in the early earlier seasons, you know, she'd come up and introduce herself and say, hi, oh, my name's Sophie, blah, 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 blah. Yep. So I found that really interesting too. I think it's a self-referential joke. It seemed a tiny bit meta. Right. They were, they were kind of poking fun at themselves as in, you know, the formula of Jerry gets a new girlfriend, he's really into her, something small about her bothers him to the point where he goes, no, nah, I can't continue this, and yeah. he dumps her. Yeah. I think I think they're kind of poking fun at their own uh, yeah. their own cliches that they've created for the characters. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I just found that really, it wasn't, it wasn't bad, it was just different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, I don't want to see her, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and even when Jerry says, from the last one, you know, you think that he's saying from the girlfriend, but I interpreted that also as from the last episode. The last episode, so yeah. So I, I think they're making fun of themselves a bit there. Of course, because like I said, I'm pretty sure in the later episodes, like the non-Larry David episodes, Jerry does have more episode girlfriends, Yeah, which only rock up like a week and, yeah. then, and then leave. So uh, I think that's kind of, like you said, that's kind of like the joke, the meta joke. Too. Yeah, I mean, there's a yeah. list out there somewhere of Jerry's episode girlfriends or just a number, and it's like 73 or 68. It's it's quite a few, which is, you know, sort of 30, 40% of the episodes, yeah. which is a lot. I've seen a meme where it's the four of them, yeah, um, just about to jump on the subway cart and they're all standing outside. It actually has the number of partners they've had. Elaine's had like 20-something. Yep. Kramer's had like 30. I think George had like 40, 50-something and Jerry's had the most. Like yeah, 70-something. Yeah, 60 yeah. or 70. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, just, yeah. it's, it's got like a, like a tally for each one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, One thing I also think that points out her sort of naivety is the fact that she just thinks that, uh, you know, Jerry impersonating Rafe, which, by the way, is an, a hilarious scene. Rafe, Jer- I know. Jerry, Jerry. Oh, hello. It's oh, me. hey there. Yeah, it's me, Rafe. It's me. It's yeah. I think Rafe? that that's hilarious. Some of his best, uh, I guess, acting. You that, would, yeah. yeah. That could have easily like gone really dull or really, you know, yeah, like really cringe. But I think, it I think works. the fact that they yeah. cut off the phone call, it was short and sweet. If yeah. they kept on going, it would have been a bit, would a have bit, been uh, really a bit awkward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that was yeah, really well done by Jerry. Yeah, yeah but yeah. the fact that she falls for it to me demonstrates as well that she's a bit naive. She's naive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't if if someone did that to me, I wouldn't assume that it is someone playing a prank on me. But I also wouldn't assume that it's my friend who sounds a bit sick. Mm-hmm, I would think. That so, like there's something going on here, and I'd be trying to figure it out. But she just assumes that it's Rafe yeah. being sick rather than someone potentially kind of messing with her. Yeah, of course. Now the question I have for you, Stephen, speaking of Rafe, who is Rafe? Do you think? Because when Jerry answers the phone, and uh, and then she says it's me, mm. and then you know they think it's it's Rafe. Who's Rafe? Do you think Rafe could be the ex from the farm, or maybe uh, her brother or relative of some sort? I, I I have a theory that maybe it's the ex boyfriend. Like maybe they're still in touch. Well, you know? to me, if an ex boyfriend is willing to lie to her about a source of an STI. To me, that kind of demonstrates that he doesn't want her in his life in any way. Like, he's trying to really push her away. Oh, okay. So, I don't think right. that they'd be friends. I think Rafe is just like a, a hetero best friend. Right, okay. You know, just, just a just guy platonic, friend. Platonic yeah, just a platonic friend. Okay, fair enough. And, uh, you know, maybe she's just moved to the city, you know, in the last year or two. Hmm. And Rafe is one of her, if not her only friend, or at least guy friend. Yeah. And uh, they talk on the phone so often. Especially, you know, maybe she's trying to meet people. She meets Jerry. Hmm. And uh, he serves as a sounding board for this is what happened on the day. This is what he's like. What do you think? 
what you know what or you know what's what's Jerry thinking here like advice on guys mm, right and uh, they talk on the phone so much that they're at the point where they can just say it's me because you right. know, they, they talk on the phone you know once every two days or something like that so they're really close friends yeah I, I don't think I don't think that they're that he's the ex I think he's just a, a a guy friend he could they could have dated and they just like Jerry and Elaine you know they yeah. could have just turned into close friends but I don't think he's the ex that mentioned uh, that she mentions that uh, told her the source of the STI oh fair enough no because my 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 theory was that maybe it was a ex but i think maybe he's still back in the farm like we're still back in the country town or, yeah you know whatever you call it and he's you know she was brave enough to come to the city to pursue whatever she was doing yeah but maybe she he does kind of still have that hold on her somewhat yeah uh, that was the way i saw it and maybe she's not quite she's still very naive and she still kind of trusts in him and stuff yeah yeah no, look it's it, i mean Rafe could be anyone yeah yeah but my yeah my interpretation was that he's just a a, a friend yeah fair yeah enough. you know they could have dated you know and it could have turned out to be a Jerry and Elaine situation but uh yeah I don't think I, I don't think he's the ex fair enough yeah I don't know too many people from the country named Rafe <laughs> that sounds more like an innocent I don't know anyone named Rafe Rafe I thought it was like Raph or Raph, something I was like, like Raph. Raffy, Raphael yeah, or, yeah Raphael maybe or Ralph yeah Ralph yeah, yeah no Rafe I was like oh, I had to hear that like three times like Rafe Rafe, Rafe. okay yeah cool I don't know alright whatever <laughs> anyway uh, do you have any other notes on Sophie no no did you remember what the tractor story was before it's revealed at the end of the episode like when you were when you you know obviously you've seen this episode before oh I, yeah 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 I hadn't seen this episode in years and I forgot what the actual oh, tractor story I, was I, I, I knew it had something to do with the tractor yeah I knew yeah. it was like on rear and I did remember Kramer's line well, I got gonorrhea. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, I did recall it. So I had something to do with the tractor. Right. Yeah, yeah, I do recall before I watched the episode, but I okay. forgot what it was. Yeah, I felt yeah. like I was watching the episode new in that respect because I couldn't remember at all what the real tractor story was. Right, right, right. So I was as confused and as uh, puzzled as Jerry and George when they're trying to figure it out. Ah, right, right, yeah. right, right. And I knew, you know, when Jer- when she bends over and Jerry looks down and he sort of he does the knowing nod of like, oh, that's what the tractor. Yeah, that's the scar that's, on it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. what it refers to. Yeah. I knew that that was a misdirect. No, but I couldn't remember the real one. No, no, no. I do, I do recall, like I said, I do recall a, a tractor and the disease, yeah. but I don't recall the connection. But no, that, that but yeah, but so, but I, I remembered it right. Obviously, when it happened, I knew it happened. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, would you be upset if someone called you up or if you called someone and they were like, "It's me," and uh, you didn't know who they were or they didn't know who you were? Would you be upset? I wouldn't be upset, but the only people that I'd say it's me is probably my fiance. Yeah, you know. Maybe, I mean, it's it's not really it. an issue these days because caller ID comes up on your phone. Oh yeah, of course. No, you that's know, different. But yeah. but assuming that that's not a thing, would you be upset like uh like? Cindy is, you know, she's a bit, she's a bit put off. She's like, Jerry, it's me. And, oh, and Jerry okay. has to disguise his confusion with a joke saying, oh, I'm a comedian. If it's someone who I haven't spoken to for like two or three weeks and yep. they say it's me, I'd probably mm. be like, who? Yeah. But if it was someone who maybe I saw 10 minutes ago and they had to call back for something or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. then they'd say, hey, it's me. It's like, oh, hey, I, hey, Joe, you know, I saw you like 10 minutes ago. What's up? Everything yeah. all right? You know? yeah. 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 Okay. So it depends on the situation. Depends on the situation. Depends on the time between current contact and previous contact. If someone calls me a year after they spoke to me and they're like, it's me, I'm like, Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> you pervert. Yeah. You know, what do you want? What do you it's want me. <sighs> I need I need a hundred dollars. Do you have money? Like, <laughs> shut up. Anyway, yeah, no. That that's my way of doing dealing with it. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Anyway, Father Curtis. Yeah, sure. Played by Henry Warrenitz. He's known for appearing in Star Trek The Next Generation and Star Trek Voyager. He has also appeared in the film starring John Travolta, Primary Colors released in the late 90s. He's very devout to his faith, of course. He's a priest and probably the, the head of the church or whatever they say. He's the father mm-hmm. of the of the priesthood in that church. But he's got a really good sense of humour. Yeah, he. I, I think he's one of those priests. He's, he's a bit younger as well. Yeah, he so is. I don't, I don't yeah, think he's yeah, as yeah. uptight about his religion. Mm-hmm. I think he can mock it 
uh, without it devaluing what it means to him as a Catholic man. Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, yeah, he just tells Putty and Elaine because they're not married that they're going, both going to hell. Yeah, that's bogus, man. Yeah, he's quite uh, he's quite upfront about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, well, you're both going to hell. That's right. And what what a '90s catchphrase. That's bogus, man. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's yeah. a Bill and Ted phrase. I think. Exactly. I think they made it. You know, bogus, bogus, man. Bill and Ted's three uh, is, oh, that's is coming, coming out. out. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah they, I know. The, a, a preview was released last week, and I don't know. Can you read with that a beard looks so weird. I know, it's huh? so weird. And it's and it's weird seeing a fifty five or however old he is, Keanu Reeves saying stuff that he said when he was, you know, a teenager. Or like he was in his twenties when yeah. but acting like a teenager. Yeah, it's yeah, like I don't know, it just something is off about it. Yeah. I'm gonna watch it and yeah. I'm hoping that it's good, but uh I'm I'm a bit precarious. I might watch the first two again. I haven't seen them in many years. I might watch them first before I watch the third one. I can quote the first one back to front. Oh, I love it. Can? But oh, the nice. second one, bogus journey. I've seen a few times but I can't remember a lot of it. Okay, okay. Yeah, but yeah. uh yeah. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think about the trailer? If you've seen it, let us know. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, I'd probably still go see it more for the nostalgia. Yeah, I'll definitely see it, but um, I'm just, I've got low expectations. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. I think think that's good, though. If you go in with low expectations and it's a kick-ass film, that's better. But if you say, yeah, Bill and Ted, they're going to be exactly the same as they were 25 years ago or whatever it is, and then it's shit, then you'll be very disappointed. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had high expectations of it because Bill and Ted, you know, it captured not just like a youthful energy, mm. but it worked because of the time it was in. You know, like there was hope about the future, the end of the Cold War. You know, it captured that vibe about like... Oh, it was the 80s, wasn't it, when it came out? It was 89, 90. Reagan so, you know, so the, Bush was in power, you know. Yeah, George Bush Sr. Was in, was in power. You know, the Berlin Wall had just come down. The, the, the end of the Cold War, breakup of the Soviet Union. So there was like a hopeful air in the in the late 80s, early 90s yeah. about the world changing into, you know, 30 years later. It's questionable oh, well. whether it's, uh, you know, whether things have worked <laughs> That's out. That's a story but, um, for another time. Yeah, and it captures yeah. that kind of like naive uh, like that youthful energetic hopeful future about the universe mm-hmm. yeah and i think it worked because of that fair enough yeah fair enough anyway that's our analysis of bill yeah. and ted <laughs> exactly and Duh. father curtis now. yeah um no but with father curtis he seems to have a rapport with elaine as well because even elaine her and, and father curtis seem to be on the same plane when it comes to humor yeah so when elaine says like a joke father curtis his sense of humor is so witty so good that he's already on point yeah he's like yeah we get that we're just bagging putty but whereas Putty's like really upset about the whole thing. Yeah, he takes, yeah. like everything, he takes it way too seriously. He's just yeah. too passionate about it. And there's no room for humor or lightheartedness in <laughs> whatever he chooses to do. In this case, his religion. Yeah. Do you think Putty has always been religious and he's just kept it private from Elaine? Because the fact that, I mean, I can't tell in this episode uh, whether they're living together or not. But I assume that they're spending a lot, if they're living in their own separate apartments, they're definitely spending a lot of time together. And I understand if she's not religious and he is, and it's something that's sort of individual. But the fact that she had no idea at all, to me, maybe thinks, maybe that, like, makes me think that maybe it's a recent conversion. Maybe he's a born-again Christian or yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Maybe. But the fact that, yeah, she had absolutely no idea at all. Mm. Like, she's never seen a Bible at his house. And or he's never they, even, yeah. like, mentioned it. Like, when yeah. she's done something wrong and, you know, people would maybe use that as a, a way to judge people. Like, oh, don't do that because God will punish you or something like that. Yeah, something tells me that, well, we haven't talked about Putty yet, no. but I guess in the context, but yeah, I think Putty, to me, it's like a recent conversion. Yeah. Yeah, but once once we talk about him, then I'll, I get, I've got like a theory that's just come up. Oh, okay, about cool, it, yeah. cool. Um, but anyway, Father Curtis, we don't we only see him in that scene and uh, yeah, no, he seems to be on like level playing field with Elaine and, you know, of course he'd believe in heaven and hell and the dichotomy of good and evil and all that stuff, you know, as you, as, as you do as a priest, but uh, even, yeah, he has a sense of humor about hell and uh, he seems to rip, rip 
fuddy about it. Yeah, and I think yeah. I said it before, but I think it's because he's a bit younger. I think he realizes that you can't be this sort of like old, uptight version of a priest if you want to attract younger followers you, into the church. And you can't literally follow everything in the Bible. Yeah, you've yeah, got it's to. Impossible. You've got to be devout and passionate, but you've also got to you know lighten it up a bit. I know many Christians who never go to church. Yeah, but they believe in God. Yeah, but they don't go to church every Sunday. You know all that shit. I mean, they celebrate Easter and all that. You know, like they might go to church twice a year. Yeah, you know, for Easter and Christmas. But yeah, you know, they're pretty cool guys. Like, you wouldn't know they're Christian unless I told you. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I guess yeah, there is that kind of the, the, the secularism that became more prominent. Uh, you know, in like the later half of the twentieth century. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a reflection of that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Anyway, do you have any other notes on No, that's Arthur? it. Okay. Artie, he is played by actor and writer Brian Posehn. Posehn, I think his name is. I think that's how you say it. Uh, he's known for writing for the Emmy-nominated TV series Mr. Show with Bob and David, uh, as well as acting and writing for episodes of The Big Bang Theory and Just Shoot Me. And he's been involved in many other projects, in many other TV shows, uh, including The Man Show, Metalocalypse, uh, News Radio, Kim Possible, New Girl, and Steven Universe. He's a guy which, there's been many on the show, but he's a guy who's looks very familiar i've seen him in many things but i never knew his name yeah he uh he's sort of he's never been like a, a star in a thing like he's never had his own breakout role he's more I'm of sure a character he, actor yeah i'm yeah, sure he's yeah. been a lead actor in something or a lead mm. voice in something yeah but uh he's always sort of just stayed in the lane of like a secondary backup character mm. you know just sort of in his own little corner yeah especially like i'm sure in the u.s he's probably more well known yeah but in australia yeah for us like we've seen him in like other sitcoms that came here in the 90s and stuff and yeah he's done he's been in the big bang theory and stuff like we have seen him but yeah we, we weren't sure yeah i mean credits yeah uh, it feels like he's one of those guys who it's like everyone would be like yeah i recognize that guy from something but uh i can't remember anything he's done that is of note mm. aside from oh, i think he's in this or that yeah, yeah fair enough fair enough so with regards to him uh because i know um because I've, I've, I've dabbled in the acting scene obviously and uh, i've met many actors and producers and stuff and there are actually jobs where you can go to hospitals and actors act out uh diseases yeah, and it's yeah, a real thing. It's actually a real thing. They didn't they didn't make it up. And uh, yeah, that's a was I've mentioned a few times in previous episodes that actors, you know, they can't just act in something and they got money. They got to do other things on the side too. Yeah, and this is usually a paid gig. Uh, hospitals mm. pay pretty well, and you go there for the day and you you know you make up a disease and you act it out, uh, or you might be a, doing a demonstration in something or whatever, and they pay you. But yeah, it's actually a real thing. Yeah, just do. So I think with Artie, he's probably like a struggling actor. He's very introverted. Like he's not really out- outgoing, and you know. He's not really like maybe he wants to break into acting like maybe he works like a really crap job i got more of a vibe like brian that maybe he's a comedian and you you know and he wants to sort of get more confidence on stage by doing some acting or something like that okay yeah 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 because he doesn't have that typical like type a personality actor yeah or actor personality that like mickey and kramer you know they're very both they're both very confident they both love acting they're a bit more like front foot forward of course and and in in those kinds of jobs you don't need to be like a shakespearean theater actor to to do it you know you don't need to be like full on you just need to like unlike kramer's monologue in this (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) a coquettish haberdasher (laughs) that line made me laugh so much i know i know (laughs) It's like the burning feeling I get from urinating. Yes. Much like the burning feeling I got from urinating not long after. Not long after. <laughs> Gonorrhea. Gonorrhea. That's right. Yeah. He I mean he was just straight up he was just straight up uh, ripping off Peterman he in that was. monologue. He was. I can imagine I, I just in my mind I had Peterman's face. Yeah. You know, when he's like a coquettish haberdasher. Oh, we danced. I could read that in a J. Peterman catalogue. Yeah, I can yeah, imagine yeah. reading it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. The, the way it's described and the way it's read. Okay. So you think Artie is a struggling comedian? Yeah. Okay. Comedian slash actor. Fair He's enough. a slashy. Yeah, I felt like he he needed more confidence in being in that scene, but something told me that he either watched a movie or something and then, you know, he tried going for audition.
auditions, but he had no experience and then he never got anything. And then maybe this was like, he thought this was the break that he'd get, you know, doing this for experience. There is actually a deleted scene where um, Artie acts out his medical condition, which is the doctor uh, left the sponge or the scalpel. The sponge. 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 Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. It's it's an uneventful scene. Nothing happens. Right. right, It's not funny. It's just showing him acting out that symptom and the medical students eventually guessing it. Ah, Um, okay. Yeah. You know. I can see why they 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 deleted it. Yeah, okay. But he, in that scene, like Brian is a professional actor, but the character of Artie acting, he's actually pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think he, yeah, I think he's been doing this for a little while. Okay. Fair um, enough. But yeah, I think he's a comedian actor somewhere in that in that. Realm. And he's, he's in between gigs yeah. and he needs some money to tie him sure. over for the next like, project. Like Kramer, or yeah. maybe not so much Kramer, but like uh, Mickey. Yeah, exactly. Like Mickey as well. And many real life actors. Yeah. That I know. So yeah, they, they got to they still eat, yeah. <laughs> you know, even during um, breaks. Anyway, yeah, so that's all I had on Artie. How about you, buddy? Yeah, I uh, had nothing else. Fair enough. Now let's go back to David Putty. We did mention him a little bit uh, in the context of this episode because we did mention at the start that he is in a what's the deal with episode uh, which Stacy was on with yeah, us as for well sure. um, but yeah there were a lot of things that we may have missed because obviously David's been in over nine or ten episodes of yeah. the show so it was very hard to and every episode is in is quite eventful there's yeah. a lot that happens so we couldn't cover it all he really makes an impact in those ten episodes so yeah with Putty I did mention before that I like you you theorize that he's probably a new a born again Christian or recently converted I think that's the case as well because we mentioned with Father Curtis obviously you do for for many Christians they believe in God and Jesus and all that which is perfectly fine of course but they don't kind of follow everything to the letter in the Bible and stuff whereas I think Putty his understanding of Christianity is probably like you have to follow every commandment very literal you have to really like it's a thinking that's probably happened like a thousand years ago yeah you know that real traditional christian mindset even like maybe 200 years ago yeah almost to the point of being superstitious about it exactly yeah like literally he says that elaine's newspaper wasn't delivered and then he says why don't you go get it and elaine says why don't you get it and he goes oh thou shalt not steal yeah it's not stealing if you take a newspaper read it and give it back yeah you know it's temporary stealing it's temporary stealing borrowing but you're not going to go to hell for it no i don't think so no exactly maybe not uh in the 90s yeah uh, the you know godless decade of the nineties. Exactly. Yeah, I think the fact that he does follow every rule to a T demonstrates his new conversion as well. Because you know I've done that admittedly in my own life where I've like I've come across something that's all of a sudden become very important to me and I'm very keen on it mm, and I yeah. demand you know, subtly or overtly that everyone sort of has to come along for that ride with me. And as you, you know, as you sit with that new idea or new belief or new concept or whatever, it kind of settles down a bit. So the fact that, uh, you know, every single radio station is tuned to, G- uh, to, a, to a Christian station, you know, he's got a Jesus fish, like he's just like, this is me now. And he's just really, really, you know, wearing it. Yeah. Um, and he probably, that's probably his idea of what a Christian is like. Yeah. Because like I said, I've never met a Christian as devout as him. Yeah. Like I've met, I have met real, like, I guess you could say full on Christians who listen to Christian rock and have all that stuff. Mm. But they don't really say you're going to hell for this or that. Yeah, they, they they're not judgmental. They chat about other stuff. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, so they're not judgmental. No. I think, um, you know, in one or two or three or four or five years, if David Putty maintained his Christian beliefs, I think over time it would have settled down a bit and it would have been a bit more subtle, a Absolutely. bit more private. Yeah. I don't think yeah. it would have been like, look at my Jesus fish, I've got every radio station tuned, I'm going to accuse people of going to hell. Yeah. It's, uh, it's that new sort of keenness and excitement of like, this is who I am and everyone else has to be like me now. Because that is very frowned upon in the Christian community. Yeah, you know, saying, telling, condemning people to go to hell yeah. for doing one thing. Yeah, yeah, because God, you know, God forgives. 
You know, yeah. you do something, and he's you know, that, that's what they say. God, Jesus forgives. forgives. Jesus forgives. That's it. That's so, it. You know. yeah. <laughs> he hasn't understood the concept of forgiveness yet. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> he's uh, he's very judgmental. He is. Yeah, I love the idea as well in this episode of David being totally okay with Elaine, you know, doing whatever she wants to do because she's going to hell. Like it's so. <laughs> yeah. It's so, like, it's funny, but it's also very, like, you know, if you were genuinely concerned about the person you love going to hell that you believe in, mm. you would talk to them about it. You wouldn't yeah. be like, no, no, it's all good. You do whatever you want because I know where I'm going yeah, yeah. and I know where you're going. So, it's all good. Going, like, yeah. you're not concerned about your your significant other's afterlife. He I wants think to one-up a lane. Yeah. 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 It does have that competitive putty streak in he it. He does. Yeah. He's a very competitive guy. Yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah. So, that was putty. And I think that besides the finale, that might be his final appearance before the finale yeah is the is the showroom before or after this episode is the one the sorry the the car salesman Cast, oh, the dealership. That's the early dealership. in the season. Yeah. Okay. That's early right. on. Yeah, this, I think it is. This might be one. His sec- not including the finale, like I said. So maybe second last to last in the unsure. series. Unsure. Yeah, unsure. But anyway, yes. So yeah, that is Putty in the context of this episode. Now let's talk a little bit about K-Uger. <laughs> K-Uger. K-Uger. Yes, uh, played by the late Daniel Von Bargen. And oh man, there's a reason why Kruger is in my top 10. Like he is so deadpan in this episode, but I think it's probably one of his best performances. Yeah. He is like... Oh, he just doesn't give a shit. It even gets to the point where George tells him to start working harder. George becomes like the hard worker. Yeah, right I think. Yeah, I think he reaches his zenith of not caring. Yeah, in he this does. episode. Even George can't believe it. Yeah, like, he doesn't even know what a ca- quarterly sales report is. Like, <laughs> I don't work in business. I'm not an accountant. I'm not in any board meetings. But even I know what a quarterly sales report is. Yeah, you know, he's like the quarterly thingy. Yeah, the quarterly thingy. The quarterly thing. <laughs> this company may go under. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Look, George, I can spin around the chair three times without touching the feet, yeah. touching the ground. It's uh, <laughs> and team. It seems like we're heading towards the red or the black. We Whichever is the bad one. Whichever the bad one is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I must admit, sometimes I forget which the bad one is. Yeah, I'm me like, too. well, me too. black is considered, you know, usually symbolizes bad. Yeah, yeah. And red is sort of like concern, like alarm. Danger. So like, yeah, 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 like yeah. there's no, if it was green or red, to me, that would be a very clear indication of which one is good or bad. Back but in the green. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but black and red both indicate <laughs> at right. some points bad things. So Absolutely. it's like, which, which one's good? Absolutely. But yeah, Daniel Von Bargen, he is on fire in this episode. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. It's just really funny. Yeah. No, I really like him in this idea. But I like how also it just sort of adds a bit of complexity to his character. How, you know, he allows his staff to just goof off and say whatever and do whatever. But uh, when George is a tiny bit racist, when he's, you know, he imitates the, 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 voices he pretends to make on the phone when oh, people are yeah. calling about his rent the cleaner yeah, yeah yeah he doesn't say it specifically but i interpreted that as kruger saying to george like you've taken it too far like yeah. he, he pulls him up on that joke and he's like what's with these silly voices like yeah almost like saying you can't you can't racially stereotype no people. i think the joke was more the fact that when george says one joke it hits but when he does a follow-up joke it fails i think that's the joke no, i don't I think know. it's to do really to do with the voice no, I know it is the joke, yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. just thinking of Kruger's... He seems a bit upset over George, oh, right. you know, using that stereotype as part of his joke. Right. But it sounds like, from, from what George is saying, it sounds like he's done this before in meetings. Like, mm. maybe he's he's already done, like, the first joke, which hit, and then the second one just failed. Like, yeah. Away. So, it sounds like it's happened before. Yeah, it seems... I mean, George laments that it's yeah. something that he struggles with, that he... I think when he goes to Jerry's, he's like, you know, I'll peak in a meeting, but then those peaks are buried under, yeah. you know, like, gaffes and bad puns and bad yeah, jokes. So, yeah, course. it's something that he does all the time. We've, all, we've I'm sure you've been in this situation, too. There's been situations where you're at dinner with friends or whatever, and then you say a zinger, and then everyone yep. pisses themselves, and then you might say something as a follow-up, and it doesn't hit as much, yeah. and it kind of takes away 
away from the zinger. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand George's feeling. Yeah, it's yeah. always a bit of a risk. You're like, oh, maybe I can, uh, you know, build on this zinger and yeah. do a double zinger. Yeah. No. no. Really painful. You can't have a double zinger. Yeah. <laughs> no, they make you sick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to uh, leave the room and be like, all right, I'm done. No, but, uh, no. you know, you just sort of, you stop. I'd probably just smile and just keep eating and yeah. have a drink or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd stop there. The- yeah. Anyway, uh, Mickey Abbott, in the context of this episode, he is played by Danny Woodburn. And uh, we have done a What's the Deal with episode, as we have mentioned several times in this episode today. Unlike Artie, who was an aspiring actor, like, you know, a comedian slash actor, Steve, I think uh, Mickey has done the opposite. He's fallen from the acting scene, especially in the little person field. I feel like in that clique, he's kind of been blacklisted of sorts, and he's not getting any work, and... This is what he has to do to keep getting work or at least getting money. Yeah, this is what he's stuck with. He's stuck with, yeah. I think it's a fall from grace for him. Yeah, no, yeah. that uh, that makes it, that that makes sense. Aside from that, I don't think there's really anything that adds to the Mickey character overall. I mean, the typical, you know, him getting mad at Kramer to the point of uh, attacking him or wrestling with him is uh, shown in this episode. Mm. He doesn't like it when people cut his lunch. He's very, very territorial about his his acting or yeah. things that he's doing. He stole my cirrhosis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's stealing my cirrhosis. Yeah. I said last week in in the ending of, of last week's episode, I said he stole my gonorrhea. Yeah. That's where I got confused. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, I listened back to it and I'm like, oh no, wrong one. Whoops. But yeah, he stole <laughs> just, my cirrhosis. Just dub yourself over it. He yeah. stole my gonorrhea. <laughs> Gon- I was Kramer saying gonorrhea <laughs> <laughs> over it. Yeah. No, but that's that, that's really all I had about Mickey too. Yeah. Nothing yeah. much. Exactly. Anyway, they were the secondary characters from The Burning, an episode which I. I quite enjoyed more than I thought. When we come back, we are going to find out where the episode sits in our episodes we have covered so far, and if any of today's secondary characters make our greatest of all time. No, I understand. This could be a tough thing to deal with. The important thing is that you have a partner who's supportive. You know, she's right. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't have a partner. I got gonorrhea from a tractor. You got gonorrhea from a tractor? And you call that the tractor story? You can't get it from that. But I did. My boyfriend said I got gonorrhea from riding the tractor in my bathing suit. Welcome back. So for me, this episode, like I said at the start, I uh, didn't dislike it, but uh, it didn't really uh, do a whole lot for me. It comes in at number 99. 99 out of 132. Okay, yep. yep. Uh, for me, 48. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, like I said, it was a silly season nine episode, of course, but unlike other season nine episodes, which sometimes when they're too silly, I don't like them too much or as much, this one I actually enjoyed. I thought the jokes kind of hit. I thought, like you mentioned before, Jerry doing the voice of Rafe. I thought that was hilarious. And uh, yeah, crew. He's on fire again. All the secondary characters, or most of them, are on fire. And uh, yeah, no, I, I just, I really liked it. Yeah, it does have some good points for me. Kramer's monologue to me is the standout scene in the episode. Yeah, and I did like Putty in the episode. Just how uh, sort of judgmentally devout he is is uh, is funny. And just all those Seinfeld moments as well. All those big moments that you see on Seinfeld pages, like your like Seinfeldisms, our yep. um, our unofficial Facebook page, and, and some others. Just on my Jesus fish. Well, I got gonorrhea, and then Elaine doing the devil horns and doing the face, you know, to mock Putty. They're all there. They're yeah. all in this episode. Episode, which no, is, that's which true. Is crazy, yeah. So it's definitely a lot of moments that came from it. A lot of big moments from the show. Indeed. Mm. Anyway, do any of today's secondaries make your list? No, no one in this. Um, I did like Putty in this episode. I thought he was the best secondary overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably tied with Kruger. Tied with Kruger, yeah. Well, Kruger and Putty, they're already in my top 20. So Kruger is already at number eight. And David Putty's at number 13. Cool. So for me. So yeah. Anyway, that was The Burning. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we do appreciate your messages, your reviews on Apple Podcasts, much like uh, the one that we got last 
last week. And uh, yeah, we really hope that you are enjoying this series. If you want to reach out to us, you can send us an email, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. We are also on social media at B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, and now Discord and TikTok. All the social medias. Oh, yes, indeed. We're going to be on nearly all, even like the, the, the ones where there's not many people. Yeah, the really obscure social yeah. medias that, you know, we're on Google now. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> what was the Google uh, social media thing that oh, failed? Google. Gee, Google Plus. Google Plus, yeah. We're on Google Plus now. Yeah. So if you still use Google Plus, check us out. Yeah, there. if we did this podcast in 2007, we'd yeah. probably be on that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We're um, on MySpace. MySpace is still a thing where yeah. we've launched a MySpace account. We're covering all the bases. All the things. Um, You can leave us a five star review on any podcast service that allows it. And uh, you can support us financially through Patreon, PayPal, and now Pod Hero. So all those details are in the show notes for everything that I just mentioned. That's right. And uh, make sure you check out our unofficial Seinfeld group, the biggest on Facebook. It's called Seinfeldisms. Just type Seinfeld or Seinfeldisms into Facebook and uh, join the fun. Exactly. Get some memes happening. Any Seinfeldisms of your own that we do at the start, if you have any, you know, put them on there. It'd be fab. For sure. My name is Ivan. And I'm Stephen. Next week, we are traveling back to season three to do the tape. And uh, I think we only have like two or three left from that season, to be honest. Yeah, we've done all of season one and I think now all of season two are yeah, pretty close. A long time ago. Yeah. Now yeah. We've, we've already done one and two, but I, I checked the list. I think we only have like literally two or three left. Oh, three. Okay. So yeah, Slowly three's... knocking them off. That's it. So we're going back there for the tape. So you enjoy yourselves. Take care of each other during these times and we'll see you next week. Catch gotcha. you.